Welcome to A Space for Growth, an extension of our ever-evolving platform, Our Communal Diary. My name is Pilar. And my name is Zoe, and we're here to cultivate a community dialogue on beauty, culture, and career as we experience it. Through conversations with each other and our inspiring guests, we hope to add new perspectives for your own personal journey. Welcome to A Space for Growth. Welcome back, everybody. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to A Space for Growth. Today, we are going to be talking all about mental health. So I think this is a good time. I swear for me, at least it's like you start the year off, you start school, you start work, it's all fun and games. And then it just gets so real so quickly. Zoe can definitely attest to this. She's been (laughs) going through it all week. So I think this is a good check in moment that um, we both definitely need. So 100%. And just to (laughs) preface, Pilar and I are not experts. We do not have uh, PhDs in psychology. We are not licensed therapists. We are not uh, physicians to be. We have none of those credentials. None of those credentials. <laughs> um, and so if the conversation around mental health is um, something that is a bit sensitive for you, definitely make sure to take care of yourself um, before, during, and after listening to this episode. We would definitely hate to have a negative impact on any of our listeners. So just a disclaimer out here that if the topics of mental health, anxiety, depression, anything like that can be a bit triggering for you, um, you know, just a bit of caution around this episode. I love that. We do need that little disclaimer because we are just two black girls that have no clue. <laughs> we are just two black girls. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so we're going to be focusing a lot on our own experiences and trying yeah. not to do any generalizations. Um, But we'll start off in our typical fashion. P, how was your week at this point? Because we pushed out recording so late. Right. Yes. Um, My week was pretty good. I I think it was this past. Yeah, this past week I was (laughs) traveling. I went to back to Ann Arbor. So our good old school, they had a game. So it was a lot of fun. Saw my cousin Ellie. I saw, obviously, my sister was there with me, too. So, yeah, honestly, it was a really good weekend. Um, How was your week? How was your weekend as well? How was my week? Did I even do anything this weekend? I can't remember. (laughs) She's, like, experiencing brain (laughs) fog to a whole (laughs) – Literally to a whole nother degree. I will say Monday and Tuesday of this work week were wild for me. So busy, so overwhelming. But today – I finally felt like a marketer. Like I felt like I had a breakthrough. Like I felt like a lot of the things that I've been working on, I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. How Um, long have you been in this role again? Two months. Okay. That gives people an idea. Like you think two weeks is going to be enough? Girl, like it takes a hot minute. And even two months, you're just now starting to see the light, right? Oh, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, but like I just now have done something for the first time and it went through flawlessly. And this is probably my eighth time doing it. So, (laughs) yeah, I keep pushing. If you are also (laughs) early career as I am, keep pushing. I just have to assume that it gets better. Right. Well, I love that for you. I'm so glad that 
you're at least experiencing a few like aha moments and not feeling like you're going to get fired every second. Because <laughs> <laughs> I definitely had that panic moment earlier this week <laughs> where I was like, I'm definitely going to get fired. But no. I didn't. But you didn't. We Yay. love that for you. We love that for me. We love that. Well, okay. I feel like the best way to even start this off is kind of how I said earlier. I feel like we start off where, you know, you're in your new job you're at school, the whole nine yards, and you're just really excited and happy to be in that space. And then it just all gets so real so quickly. For you, like, was there a specific time in which you started to realize like, mental health is something that we all have to be a little bit more aware of? Was it something that was kind of like a buzzword that was going around? Like, let's Mm. get into what to us is like, I don't really want to say what is mental health, but what has been What does it our, mean to us? Well, and like, what has been our experience? What have we seen uh, that's kind of made it something that we now can't really ignore? Great question, Petal. Um, Thanks, girl. Let's see. I do think that mental health is a phrase is like a buzzword. Mm-hmm. Like I think people will get on social media and post like, oh, take care of your mental health. Go yeah. for a walk for your mental health. You know, take a bath totally. for your mental health. And I just don't think that all the time you can self-love your way out of Mm. a chemical imbalance if that's what you have. Like I think depression and anxiety, you can have anxious moments, you can have depressive episodes, but like if you are diagnosed with depression or anxiety, Mm -hmm. like that's, it's an imbalance in the same way as like if you were diagnosed with, I don't know like something like a physical um like reoccurring I don't want to say illness but like a physical reoccurring thing that you had right right and that you need to take medication for an ache of pain whatever that you need to take medication for that you couldn't help like you know people who are born with certain like things they just can't help it that's the way that you came out and I think that's what I've noticed over the years with like depression and anxiety like I am a naturally more anxious person. Mm-hmm. Like that's just how I'm built. And yeah. I, know, I knew that from a young age and anxiety does run in my family. Like mm-hmm. it's genetic. So I think I've always kind of been aware of like, I just have more anxious tendencies. Yeah. And because of that, like I'd have to take certain measures to make sure that I'm keeping my anxiety levels down yeah. versus like, I think there are people who are not necessarily anxious like not predisposition to anxiety right and that's a really good point they may have anxious moments right but for me like that is something that I I feel like I actually yeah. have you know what no, I mean that's totally like I'm actually so glad that you mentioned that because that's something that I swear within this past year I was starting to truly understand like I feel like yeah. there's the fear in a way for people where they're like oh my gosh to be fully diagnosed with <laughs> that was- did you guys just hear that? I always get on Zoe about her clock <laughs> saying the exact time. Okay. I don't know why that's a thing, but I totally forgot to mute that. But yeah, it's, it's 9 p.m. if you all can hear. Sorry to interrupt you, P. What were you No, saying? you were totally fine. No, but I think it's something that is really important to understand. You can have symptoms of anxiety, you can have symptoms of depression. But it is a whole other kind of level and a whole other diagnosis that needs to happen to be fully like clinically depressed or clinically experiencing anxiety. And I think it's something I mean, honestly, that was an aha moment for me. I don't know why I feel like people just throw around like, oh, I feel so depressed or oh, my gosh, I'm incredibly anxious. And it's like you don't really even know, am I stressed? 
Am I worried? Am I anxious? Like I still, there's other words. Yeah. Well, and I still, to this day, I feel like I have definitely tried to ask myself, am I going through stress or am I going through anxiety? Like I'm Mm -hmm. still trying because I don't, I'm not an innately anxious person. I would say within, you know, the past few years, just based off on like circuit, like experiences and circumstances, I've experienced more of that, but it's still kind of in my head trying to figure out is that stress or is that anxiety? And I think another point that kind of had me thinking about this was um, some of those buzzwords. And honestly, I feel like with mental health, the one thing that always annoyed me was like people, yeah, talking about mental health, but especially the whole phrase of like, it's okay to be okay. I don't know why. It's okay to not be okay. Oh yeah. It's okay to not be okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not the other. Yeah. That annoys me. I don't know what it is about it, but I think that I honestly think every person I was talking to my sister about this one day where it's it's like every person kind of has that aha moment where they're like connecting a bit deeper with where they're at, whether it's spiritually or whatever. And they're kind of like, wow, yeah. that quote or that speech or that talk, whatever it is, really like resonated with me. Mm-hmm. That little phrase does not resonate with me. Oh. I just feel like it doesn't explain it. it. It doesn't go much deeper than that. And so while this is a little bit of a tangent, I just feel like sometimes I do think other means of trying to understand like why we feel the way that we feel are so necessary that go so much farther beyond like social media and, you know, the cute little quote or someone kind of sharing. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like you're saying it- like if you're laying in bed in like a deep depression and somebody comes up to you and is like, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. That girl, is, what? Get up out of here. Because <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things where, at least for me, it's like, very I'm dismissive. a huge fixer. I'm a mm. huge fixer. So it's not even so much someone validating my thoughts in that sense. It's more of a, okay, well, what the heck am I going to do about it? Like, you know? And so I yeah. think that that it's so interesting. I just feel like everyone kind of has their own relationship with like, you know, some people, like you said, they don't want to feel like they're being dismissed and that their feelings aren't being validated. But for Mm -hmm. me, it's so much more about like, okay, so now what? Like I need to do something about it. And so I just feel like all those little buzzwords, like they honestly, in a way can like throw you off and like totally rub you the wrong way, just depending on kind of how you handle things, you know? A hundred percent. And you asked the question earlier of like, when did I realize that like, you have to take your mental health seriously, I would say as seriously as you do when you get a physical cold. Um, I, I think always like from a very young age. Yeah, from a very young age, I think being predispositioned to feeling anxious. And Mm -hmm. also when I was in like middle school, And through high school, I did struggle with like some disordered eating Mm -hmm. that I'm not going to go into depth in just because I know that like that can be very triggering for people who've also struggled with disordered eating. So I learned at a very quick age that like the mind can play tricks on you and be a a very scary place and not even play tricks of like, you know, you see something and you think it's not there, but it's like if you get certain thought patterns in your head, mm-hmm. it can be very easily for you to spiral. Um, so I think I learned that from a young age of like, you have to stay on top of like your mental well-being in mm-hmm. order for your physical well-being to also fall suit. 
because it doesn't matter if like you look great on the outside if like you don't feel good mentally you can only go so far you know you're Mm -hmm. really going to be struggling that's so interesting too because I feel like I remember distinctly when I was younger there were times when people when we were younger especially like I remember there were times when some people would be so in tune with all of their emotions and just how they felt about things and mental health and although that like definitely was not the word that was being used at that time I feel like mental health was something that certain kids were just so aware of and then others had like no clue and I'm not gonna lie I think I was that other like I definitely was not like I wish I was the kid that like didn't know like didn't care you know I had girl I was just chilling like I really was But I think that it's interesting because I think everyone obviously is going to experience it at some time. And so I feel like there is just this really different perspective coming from those who maybe have had some exposure to that when they were younger, as opposed to being like young adults. Um, But the other question, actually, I'm curious about your thoughts on this is, so with you saying that, you know, you're, you, you've seen anxiety be something that's in, you know, your other family members. Yeah. um, Did that like give you comfort knowing that okay I am experiencing this now at least I can like maybe put a name to it or I can Mm. see it like I feel like it is something that's a bit more digestible now or did that cause even more stress or anxiety for you that's a good question so I think when I was younger I wasn't able to link and label like diagnoses in my family members in conjunction Mm -hmm. with my own habits and conditions. I don't think I really put the label anxiety to it until I got to college. I just thought that like I was high strung. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Looking back type A. Type A. Yeah. Yeah. Looking back I'm like no you have anxiety but like (laughs) when you're a kid you don't know that that's labeled as anxiety when like you get a pit all the time or like you just feel nervous or on edge when you know something doesn't go as planned but I would hear like family members talk about other family members having anxiety and having you know that being something that they were predisposed to I think now that I'm older I'm like I wish that I at least had the vocabulary to be able to describe what I was Mm. feeling as a kid so that it could be like oh you have anxiety and that's okay because like you know, somebody else that has anxiety or like, that's okay, because these are the ways to deal with it. Yeah. As a kid, like you don't have the vocabulary to say like, I have a pit in my stomach, and I don't know why, you know what I mean? No, but as an adult, I have the vocabulary to describe what I'm feeling. And I also have the resources Mm. to describe what I'm feeling. That's what I'm wondering. No, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say that leads me to a question that I have for you. Oh, of do you feel like as you're getting older, it's easier to deal with your mental health or to like link and label to when you're having certain feelings? Mm-hmm. Or do you feel like it was easier when you were a kid when like maybe you didn't have the vocabulary for it? So I think because like I did not experience much of that as a kid. Like I really was someone who was a happy-go-lucky girl. Like yeah. I just can't explain it any other way. And I think I had a lot of people around me not necessarily family, but just people around me who were a bit more, you know, anxious or a bit more, you know, stressed, whatever it was. And so I was seeing it. And quite honestly, like it freaked me out like that. 
freaked me out to see that. So I was always like, not, I couldn't understand it fully. Like I hadn't, mm-hmm. I just couldn't like relate, I think was half of it. And I hate that because I feel like I, I hate that you almost have to be able to relate to something to kind of get a little bit deeper and see like, oh, okay, now I see what you're, what you're talking about. But I feel like as I got older, I just think that I started to have my own stuff that was going on where it was just like life started happening and there weren't a lot of distractions in that way. So it kind of started to get to the point where um, I feel like I, I definitely, I don't know, I think it's hard. I feel like now I can because I'm older and because I have resources, I can mm-hmm. definitely get through all of that stuff. I would assume much easier than I would have, you know, years back where I probably would not have had resources. Like you said, I would not have been able to truly understand like what those feelings meant to me. Yeah. And so I think it's hard just because I didn't experience it at that time, but I am, you know, just taking kind of an educated guess on it. I just feel like now I can kind of digest it a little bit better than yeah. I would at that time. I definitely do think that like the situations though, as I've gotten older that mm-hmm. I have to deal with are just so much more stressful than mm-hmm. as a kid. Totally. You know what I mean? But that, that's like, the thing though, where people always say like, you don't want to measure like your stress with someone else's. And I feel like as a kid, yeah. like at that time, like we felt it to be maybe even so just stressful. As stressful as, the, as you, do now. you know what I mean? Like yeah. it could be something so silly on the playground, but nowadays it's like, Oh my gosh, you might get fired. <laughs> and it's like, we're totally equating them. To the yeah. <laughs> no, yeah you know? That's so true. Yeah. But... Stress for at the time is definitely, I never thought about it that way. <laughs> yeah. Until you get older and you're like, damn, I should have just like chilled out. Like literally I had I it so chilled good. out. Yeah. I had it literally so good. Yeah. yeah. I definitely think it's interesting in the conversation that we're having right now. I can even tell that both of us are still kind of like holding back. Mm -hmm. And I think it's funny because like I see this rhetoric all the time on social media that's like, let's normalize, you know, depression, anxiety, talking about it, um, like having conversations around mental health. Let's normalize having conversations around whether or not, you know, we're struggling But I don't necessarily think that the same rhetoric carries like in real life. I do still feel like, especially in communities of color, that there is still like a stigma around having conversations around mental health, around therapy and around like medication. I definitely, I mean, I think it's kind of hard to, there's so many different elements to it. I feel like myself I grew up very much in gymnastics and I think Mm -hmm. nowadays there's so much more like light that's shed on that that sport and how it can just be like incredibly traumatizing for kids if it's yeah kind of done in the wrong way I guess and so my sister and I were definitely kind of brought up in a space where it was like you like push hard you push through everything you don't complain about it if you're hurt if you're feeling this or that like you just simply hold back the tears and you get it done type of thing like it's a very strict sport and I think there's many sports and spaces like that Mm -hmm. but I feel like we grew up like that and it was just you don't really complain and so I feel like just based off on that environment like I've definitely become that person but I also think that because of you know being black having black parents I feel like their experiences have also impacted me to where they didn't really get a chance to you know complain they didn't get a chance to like you know just 
kind of wallow in like their misfortune or their unfortunate circumstance, whatever you want to call it. And so right. it's kind of like when you now, me as a kid, like when I'm having issues or when I'm having, you know, whatever comes up, the response typically is like, well, one, it could be so much worse. Like that is 100%. something that goes through my head all the time is just, you know, how fortunate you are and how it could truly have been so much worse for you. Yeah. So I think that always kind of bounces me back. And I think, sure, some people definitely don't find that to be like the most helpful piece of advice, you know, yeah. like we're trying to push away from that. Mm-hmm. But I really will say like, that has been a huge like way for me to gain perspective, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I also think again, you know, you, you know, as a black woman, especially like we have to work 20 times harder than the rest to get that recognition. And so you just yeah. truly like, don't have that same option to make those types of like, you know, call outs just to where you're personally at. So I yeah. feel like it's it's definitely true. It's definitely real. I feel like there's so many things within our communities that we experience and, and just kind of like our reality. But um, I think it was kind of like a survival tactic, to be honest with you. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think the sentiment of like you can always have it worse or somebody always has it worse than you mm-hmm. is something that I really had to work on breaking away from because that like holding on to that every time something went wrong for me would have me just like putting things on a shelf and forgetting totally. about it until all of a sudden like my emotional baggage was overflowing and mm-hmm. like I would just have a breakdown and like spiral and yeah. not be good not be okay for a minute And I think that that was why, because it was like, if something would happen, I would be like, oh, but this happened to so-and-so, or like, you shouldn't complain because, you know, X, Y, and Z could have happened. Or I think also off of like, you know, just the way that we were raised, like my parents are very much the same way of like, you kind of got to just like push through it and get over it. Yeah. And so that definitely makes it you want to kind of hold things down and stifle the way that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. But for me, like it just wasn't sustainable. So I feel like yeah. now when I do have feelings or emotions about something, I try to confront them head on rather mm-hmm. than letting things build up because I think that's the worst thing that you can do for yeah. preserving your mental health because eventually like you're like a dam, you're no, going to break, totally. you can only hold so much. So you have yeah. to really deal with things in waves as they come. No, girl, like 2019 for me was when the dam broke for sure. Like <laughs> 2019. <laughs> I remember it so clearly. Yeah. Like that was, you know, the first time that I have experienced like loss because both of my grandparents or my both of my grandpas, I should say, had passed. And then yeah. it was like relationship turmoil was happening. And it was just like so many things were going down. And I yes. feel like it was always the first of me ever experiencing it. I was in college. It was our first real year in Ross, like in our, for our major. So it was like hair was falling out day by day. I mean, and so for me, it was like, I was, oh, also I was eating so much. Like, and it wasn't (laughs) even about eating so much. It was the stuff I was eating. So it was was not good for your body. Yeah. Like it was just dragging me down so much. And so it was like, I was experiencing it emotionally, but also like, you know, physically, like I saw it everywhere. And so that I totally would agree with. I don't think I realized it as much as I thought I did that like that dam was going to break. But I do feel like from my way of coping, which was always like be a fixer, find a way to fix it, do mm-hmm. things quickly. And also like or shelf it if you don't want to fix it, like you need to yeah. start talking about it type of strategy that 
yeah, it was a Band-Aid. It just did not, it wasn't the most efficient way of doing it. But I think something I'm kind of still trying to figure out for, you know, a variety of people is, okay, how do you manage that when you maybe don't have access to those types of resources? Like whether resources that's Resources meaning like, okay. Yeah. Therapy, there's probably a handful of others. I mean, there's so many different things you can do to kind of help your mental health, even if that's just like literally diet. I mean, there's so many things you can kind of yeah. you know, implement, but um, that was something for me that I feel like when you're going down that spiral and the flood starts to come in, it's, it's so urgent where it's like, you're what drowning. Do you do. Yeah. Really? Like, what do you do? Or what are even some of those like lesser expensive, just a bit more affordable, you know, um, outlets that you can think of that are like helpful for people honestly I don't know like I I think that the sentiment of like go for a walk like do things that you enjoy if you're religious go to church pray Mm -hmm. those are all beneficial things of Mm -hmm. course but you cannot self-love your way out of a chemical imbalance in Mm -hmm. your brain do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like start where you can, you know, start with doing things that you love. Start with, for me, what really helps, like, 2020 was a terrible year horrible. for reasons yeah. outside of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a very difficult year mm-hmm. for me mentally, emotionally. Like, there were days where I just, like, couldn't get out of bed yeah. or, like, didn't want to. You know what I mean? Like, I was just so down and feeling, like, all of this despair for me, what really helps is like getting outside, like going outside. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm just standing outside for five minutes, that really helps to like lift my mood and to lift my spirit and to get some fresh air. Um, so I would say that's really helpful. And like spending time with like my friends and people that I love and mm-hmm. laughing and sharing too of like, I'm not feeling great. And like hearing somebody yeah. else say like, hey, me either. I think I had a conversation with um, one of my friends at the end of this past school year. And we were just talking about how scary it is when you realize that you've been like depressed or you've been down for a while. Mm. Like, you know, that feeling where you look <laughs> up and you're like, wait, I've Damn. been depressed for a couple of months and I didn't even realize <laughs> totally. it. Totally. totally. And that's a really tough space to be in because it doesn't mean that just because you realize that you were feeling down or depressed, that you're automatically out of it. It just means yeah. that you're aware of it now. And now you have the ability to start working through it. I know that there are apps and stuff like BetterHelp where you can get access to therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are hotlines and things that you can call. I don't know how great they are. But mm-hmm. I would say definitely start with, you know, the more accessible options to you. But if that's not working, like don't just ignore the problem. Yeah. If you have the resources or the ability or the connection to talk to a licensed therapist or maybe even visit a um psychiatrist if you feel like even that's not helping Mm -hmm. definitely take those resources and those steps to just like you would if you had a physical ailment like if you had the flu you wouldn't just be like I'm not going to take any medicine you would go and get some NyQuil or you would go to the doctor a hundred percent I think like investing in your health in so many different ways is so important like it really is and so you know whether that's like investing in really nutritious food is like the same thing as investing in like quality um perspectives and like quality insight honestly because I really found for myself some of the things that helped me 
like you said, going on a walk was something that was a bonus. It was really beneficial. I was even getting to the point where I did not want to work out or not want to do anything. And I think just going on a walk, I mean, I got from, you know, a mile to like going on a five mile walk every day and it Mm -hmm. just helped. But I also found that it was the little things too, like changing the music and the podcast that I was listening to on a day to day. Yeah. It's so interesting, but like that stuff can totally change the way that you feel in that moment. Like I just feel like I was listening to stuff or just whatever it was. It was like making me more angry and upset and just feeling like the world was like not it you know it was it was bizarre but I really started to after a while I honestly just stopped listening to anything and I would just walk and kind of be in the moment a little bit Mm -hmm. more I feel like that was something I've always kind of struggled with is just truly being present and not always thinking about like everything other than that moment and so I just have to take the headphones off and just kind of (laughs) be there listen to your footsteps literally like breathe in the air look at my surroundings it can really ground people to do that just to take a second and like look around and kind of just recognize like the moment that you're in but the other thing and I love that you have a kind of a different perspective is like you like to talk to friends I think like I got even more selective with the people that I talked to because I found that yeah a lot of my Yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to find a balance because I think it's so good to have outlets and you may not always have like a therapist or whatnot. But I think for me, I was realizing that like the things I'd be going to my friends for, like none of us had a clue. And in fact, like Mm -hmm. I feel like it almost after a while, like we were almost reinforcing our own thoughts. And I feel like, yeah, no, I think that sometimes, you know, it's, it's really easy. What is it like misery loves company? Like, I feel like it's really easy to kind of rating around how sad you are. Totally. And then it's kind of like, Oh, well girl, you have no idea what I like what happened to me. Like, it's just kind of like this back and forth where no one has a clue. No one has a solution. And again, like, I think that's just my own way of, I needed to have an answer and there was nothing there to help me. But Um, there's so many different ways that I feel like have really benefited me, but have also definitely steered me more towards the route of kind of taking that time and like investing in myself and just investing in quality, um, quality reassurance or quality perspectives, whatever it is. I just Mm -hmm. think that what I, what wasn't going to help me, it wasn't going to help me to get like a straight out answer. And this actually kind of brings me to a question I have for you, but like, it wasn't going to help me to, to have that flat out answer. I think there was a lot of like nurturing and mending that need to happen yes. from someone who really had a clue. But, but before you get to that oh, question, I have okay. two quick things that I wanted to say off the comment of talking to friends, because you yeah. made some really great points. I think where I'm coming from, part of it is like, I see a lot of times the rhetoric of like, you just have to put your head down and like be by yourself and grind it out. And sometimes you, you know, have to spend all of this time alone. And like, while I do think that alone time is super important, you should know how to be by yourself and love your own company. Isolation is not healthy. Human Mm -hmm. beings were not put on this earth to by ourselves. (laughs) So if you are like going through something and you think the best way to get through it is to put your head down and to be by yourself and to grind it out and to work, 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 and cut everybody Mm -hmm. off that, is a tactic that you may want to revisit because yeah. I it may not be the healthiest tactic. Yeah. Um, I can't say that it won't work for everybody, but like that isolating yourself can be really dangerous for yeah. your mental health, especially if you're in a state where you need to kind of rehabilitate yourself. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing is like when it comes to talking to friends, like 
there were some people I definitely wasn't going to talk to because they would use words and phrases that like I knew if I went to them, they would turn around and tell somebody else Mm. that I was crazy or they would turn around and tell like tell somebody else all of my business or things like that. And so I think it's the rhetoric that other people use that makes you more comfortable. And I've had to check myself as well of like, I consider myself to be an advocate for mental health, but like, can I always say I'm an advocate if I still use the term crazy? Mm. Probably not. Right. So I have to check myself on like the verbiage that I use or the way that I describe people or things so that if my friends are struggling and they come to me, they, they feel won't like it's a safe space. They'll feel like it's mm. a safe space and that I won't just label them as yeah. crazy or some other term that like really is not a great indicator. Yeah. No, that's a really good point because I do think that in having conversations with your friends, it can really open up a lot of doors and like open up yeah. that, like I guess space and openness for people to really talk and be vulnerable, but it can also do the opposite. I feel like something that I found a lot within just like my whole journey through it was that I always kind of stuck on to like when a friend or someone would like kind of associate a label or a term with me. And so one of them would always be like kind of like flakiness. And mm. gosh, that used to just, ooh, it, like now it's it's a word I, I hate. And like, yeah, I found that for me, it actually helped a lot once I started to feel more, um, I guess, safe and like vulnerable with my friends is when I was able to really express that like sometimes like, I'm just not up for it. Like I cannot be there right now. And, you know, especially not when it's something that, okay, it's just you and me. We have this very elaborate plan. It was so pre-planned, whatever. When I know that like, there's going to be a bunch of other people there and it's not a big deal to me. Like, I feel like in that moment, it's like, I have to kind of prioritize, you know, my mental health and just where I'm at. But I think because I have not always been the best at communicating that it totally like, does this, you know, opposite effect where, you know, you become labeled the fake or the flake. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, and so I think it is really important to try to find ways to one as a friend, really welcome those types of conversations and like, make it known that your friend or whomever else can talk to you about things like that. But I also think as someone who might be going through something, it's, you know, hopefully being able to find more of those outlets and those ways that you can kind of express, hey, like, I don't have any ill intent. This is just where I'm at. And sometimes like there's going to be inconsistencies because this, that and the third, I recognize it. And I'm working on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's like, I think you and I work so well in the sense it's like, we keep it real girl. Like, you <laughs> know do. what I mean? Yeah, like, we definitely there's do. No, and I really I've not seen that in most of my friendships, I mean, in great friendships, but it's Mm -hmm. just, there's something that like everyone I think is trying to work towards. And I feel like it's just trying to get to that place where you are like totally stripped of all of those walls and all of the, you know, Oh, I'm this way. No, no, no. I don't get upset about things. You know, you're trying so hard to like put on this face. Yes. Um, And so I guess it's just kind of trying to find those people who are going to truly be there and accept you for all All the good and all the ugly, girl. All the good and all the ugly. All the good and all the ugly. Well, you guys, this has been another episode (laughs) of A Space for Growth. Again, we just want to reiterate that, like, we are not licensed anything, okay? We're just two black girls with a podcast talking about our own experiences with mental health. Totally. I mean, it's all just about starting the conversation. We have these conversations with each other all the time. 
And so I think just having one on here, while this is definitely like a back and forth, one of my friends was saying that it feels like she's like on the phone with me. And I love she that. just like is on mute, like she can't say anything. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I'm like, you know what? I think this is a great first conversation of many that I hope maybe encourages some of you guys to check in with your friends, your family, and um, hopefully, I mean, start some of those really good and comfortable conversations um, in your guys' lives too. So thank you all so much for listening. I hope that if you guys are listening to this when it comes out, which you should be, hopefully your Sunday Sunday. is beautiful. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And if you aren't, I hope your day is great as well. But definitely tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you so much, you guys. Take care of yourselves and enjoy the rest of your week. Bye. Bye.